Welcome back to InPod, your home for all things inflow. I'm your host, Nit Sweeney. And I mentioned last week that I was going to get an episode together with Joe Formicola to talk about K-Links. And that was either going to be this week or next week. Well, it is this week. So this week, Joe joined me on the podcast and we talked about all sorts of stuff, simulation, and specifically K-Links because, you know, I haven't really talked about it much on the podcast and you might not be aware of, you know, who is K-Links, what are they, um, how do they get founded, what's their story? So I asked Joe some of those great questions. I asked him, you know, what inspired him to get into simulation? What are some of his favorite studies that he's ever done? And he's going to share a really fun story uh, about one that he did for a car manufacturer. So I'm not going to spend too much time introducing this. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy my interview with Joe Formacola, uh, founder of Kalins and now the, the VP of CAE Solutions with CATI. So this week, I wanted to get into the topic of K-Links. I, I mentioned it last week that it was going to be coming up, but I wanted to get to this sooner rather than later. So what I've done this week is I brought in Joe Formicola, the former, I guess, the founder of K-Links and the current VP of CAE Simulation inside of CATI Inflow. So Joe, welcome to InPod. Welcome to the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited to have you on because K-Links... We acquired K-Links back in, I think, Q4 of 2020, something like that. And ever since then, I've been really interested in K-Links as a brand, as a, as a story, what you guys do, because um, it, it's kind of different than what I've always experienced. So I, I've been around the solver simulation game for a couple of years, but even that's really different than how K-Links operates. So I guess to start off the conversation, Joe, you founded K-Links. Uh, when, when did you first find found K-Links and, and kind of what was the inspiration behind that? Well, uh, started K-Links in 2005, uh, and I've been in uh, CAE consulting uh, almost my entire career. I, I did a couple uh, years at, uh, at Chrysler's manufacturing uh, facility and building prototypes and uh, working on the, on the shop floor and uh, problem solving, uh, all kinds of different things. Uh, but then I went into uh, CAE uh, and uh, came to Ann Arbor, a small company uh, that was basically a spinoff out of University of Michigan uh, and uh, just really fell in love with um, with simulation and uh, finite element analysis. And I, I realized that that's kind of the career that I wanted to um, uh, move forward with. So I've, I've been in CAE for you know, it's got to be, unfortunately, probably 35 years now. <laughs> unfortunately. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, time flies. Uh, but at some point in the process, I decided that, um, you know, I was a little bit entrepreneurial, you know, and uh, being in consulting, you're always involved in sales and marketing and mm -hmm. uh, project work and, and everything. And I decided it would probably be a good idea to, to just see uh, what, what I could do on my own. Yeah. So that was kind of the, uh, kind of the motivation. Uh, and, uh, it took off, uh, it took, took some time and, uh, started doing, doing projects and working long hours and doing the best, uh, best that I could and then started bringing people on, uh, eventually, um, became a distributor for, uh, the Samulia products from, uh, Dassault. Mm. Uh, and uh, was able to not only do consulting projects, but also sell the software, do training, do support, and all that kind of stuff. So that um, that really added another element to uh, K-Links that 
allowed us to uh, grow. And that was, I think, in 2011 when we did that. And it's a labor of love for you too. Like you got, you wouldn't get into this if you didn't want to do it, but working those long hours and, and getting into doing this and becoming a, a reseller of Smulia and, and the Dassault products, it was a labor of love for you as well. But out of all of that, and this is probably not, this probably says a lot about me. Uh, the thing that I took away was Ann Arbor, University of Michigan. Oh, I'm not a fan. Um, I, 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 we don't have our cameras on, but I've got an Ohio State blanket sitting right behind me. I'm, I'm wearing my Ohio uh-huh. State t-shirt. I'm a diehard Buckeye. So I, I guess we'll yeah. have to find a way to get through this conversation without talking football or something like that. But uh, Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's, it's always fun to, to find those commonalities. But what I find fascinating is that Simulia, it, like that's a that's a really big thing to take on. Like I, I love knowing that you started at Chrysler because that's such a uh, it's such a tangible thing. Like people think, oh, yeah, well, with the, with the cars, like you can see on TV commercials, uh, like the crash test stuff. And that's. Maybe that's a little bit extreme for what simulation's for, but what were those kind of things that you loved about simulation that were like, yes, this is what drew me to it in the first place? Because, you know, I love physics. I think physics is, is a fascinating prospect. Was it kind of, you love the physics of it and you wanted to see how things reacted? Was that kind of what drew you into doing simulation and, and CAE in particular? Well, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, uh, it was, um, I was really kind of... Uh, on a little bit of an academic track, uh, you know, I wanted, I was very interested in, in, in the math behind mechanical engineering and the programming. And uh, then I went and worked at Chrysler in the manufacturing facility. And I, you know, I kind of felt like I was, I was losing some of that. Mm. Uh, and so going back into CAE uh, made me feel almost like I was going back into an academic environment because at that time, you know, uh, things were not as developed as they are now. Now the tools are just phenomenal, mm-hmm. you know, but, but before we were piecing subroutines together, we were, uh, trying to, we were trying to figure out things that it kind of felt like nobody really understood what was going on with, you know, with people's parts and components before. And we were, we were at the beginning stages of really being able to hone in and, and help people understand the behavior of their, uh, of their products. And that was great. And I think that that kind of leads into another topic I wanted to, to go through because you've been doing this at Kalen started in 2005. So that's uh, 16 years now. And so you've seen how everything's kind of evolved. Like I think 2005 was, might have still been Cosmos Works inside of SolidWorks. Um, so you've got to see how everything has kind of changed. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is we've seen this drive, especially in the last year, to cloud-based systems. And I know that in the simulation world, that's always been a little bit of an, oh, I don't know that these cloud machines can really handle everything we want it to. But Joe, can you kind of talk to me about what you've seen changing just in the last five or 10 years, especially with this push in the cloud? Have, have we seen a bigger push to that or are we seeing it to be, um, you know, people are still apprehensive about it. Where do you kind of see that going versus where we've been kind of going the last five years? Well, I think the apprehension is going away because the the, the cloud is here and now, and it works, you know? So, um, if, if you're a, a real hardware person, you want to have your own uh, hardware and tinker around with it. But if you're a, if, if you're someone who just wants to uh, do CAE and predict the behavior of uh, mechanical systems, uh, then you want as much power as you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the cloud uh, allows that to happen for you. 
because you can uh, you can have the ability to have so many CPUs available to you whenever you want, uh, accessible. Uh, it really it just rounds out your tool set so much uh, to be able to have that type of uh, uh, capacity at your fingertips. And having that capacity means that we can run all kinds of different studies. And one of the things that I know we kind of talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago when we first mentioned doing this episode is like there's so many different ways we could go with talking about what K-Links does because, you know, there's electromagnetic simulation, there's the statics, and then there's a whole bunch of other ones that I've got written down somewhere uh, that I definitely want to talk about at some point. Probably not in this episode. We'll use this more of an introduction. But as 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 K-Links, like what, what are we able to do? And I keep saying K-Links, even though K-Links is, I guess, part of CATI. So really just as CATI, what kinds of things are, are out there that we can do for customers? Because obviously... K-Links is a service-based team. That, that's the whole goal of it is that we can make, our, make the lives of our customers easier by doing things for them. What kinds of things can we do for, for these different people that are looking for simulation services? Is it like you must give us this one thing and we can only do this one simulation? Can we do this broad reach of simulation? What can we do as a team to make life easier for those that want simulation services? Well, uh, one of the first things is that... Um on the services side, we're really a team of problem solvers. So we're going to figure out what's wrong, what's right, how to improve uh, their products. And, um, and, and that's really where a lot of the fun uh, exists. Mm. Uh, the, other, the other area where a lot of the fun exists is bringing that technology to the customer and having them build that team up in their own, uh, in their own company. So being able to do the technology transfer, uh, build these methodologies, transfer it over to them, train them on the software, support them through the whole process uh, of implementation. Um, you know, we can do it from, you know, from the very beginning all the way through to the end. We have customers where we're, mainly doing services, but we're doing services uh, as part of their CAE team. They may have 30 CAE engineers, Wow, you know, but they have peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. And so we can be, uh, we're basically an extension of their team and they understand that we have similar capabilities to them. We may have some strengths. Uh, they have some weaknesses. They fit us in in the right spots. Uh, and then we have uh, other customers who just um, are taking a look, you know, taking a look at building this uh, capability in-house and they want to figure out the best way to do it. And those types of companies uh, are we're, we're very well suited to, um, to help them out as well. So there's a, a large spectrum, uh, uh, you know, and um, and it's all of it's exciting. It's we're we're happy to get involved in all of that. Listening to you talk about how much you how, your passion as a problem solver and what you guys like to do, I can see why Rich and Rob are so excited to bring you guys on board and have you join our team because I think that fits really well into what we've done as CATI and Inflow. Is that you know we're a group that we try to figure out how can we best help different people and what they need. And one of the things that I love about the different services, especially with what K-Links does is, you know, it's easy to get started. Like you, you present the problem to us and we can help you figure out whatever that solution is. Now you did mention you were talking about that problem solving. And one thing I wanted to ask, I'll put you on the spot here. Do you have like a favorite problem that you've ever been presented? Uh, even just a little bit conceptually, because obviously we don't want to talk too much about individual customers, but Joe, is there like a favorite? I, I really loved it. Like this was kind of what the customer was dealing with and, and what we found using different studies. 
Do you have any good stories like that that you can share? Uh, oh yeah, there's, there's a lot of them for sure. I'm trying to think of something right now. It's uh, the, the projects that we're doing right now are kind of the ones that are most uh, on the tip of the tongue, but I'm not sure how much we should, uh, really be talking about those. Mm. Um, I would say, uh, one that uh, I did that was, uh, at the beginning of K-Links that was, uh, pretty important, uh, to me and, uh, and the company, uh, and our customer General Motors was, uh, the development of a, um, of a vibration model, uh, for electric motors. Uh, because hybrid vehicles were just coming out, uh, we were putting these uh, putting these electric motors into transmissions, and they were noisy, and it was just very difficult to understand why. Uh, and so I helped them develop a methodology to do um, acoustic analysis, which was heavily involved in the structural vibrations of those uh, of the motor, and how it tied into the into the housing of the transmission. And you know that was probably you know, one and a half years in the making, uh, that wow. project. And, um, and it turned into just a standard procedure over there. Uh, so it was, really uh, cool. I'd say that was a, that was a very exciting one for sure. A lot of physical testing, uh, being in, involved in the middle of it too, which invalidation, which was really great. What I love about that is that as, as someone that would just be a consumer of such a thing, um, it's one of those things where I wouldn't even know about all of that, ever happening because it, it was one of those things that it solved a problem that the consumer never even had to know existed. You know, the motors are, are noisy. How can we make that quieter? And all you hear with like electric cars and, and that is like, like whenever I have a Tesla drive by me, it's like, wow, I didn't even hear it until it was by me. And then I, I realized, oh, that's what I was listening to. So that, that's really cool is that it, it solves a problem that the consumer never even has to know existed. Um, yeah, hopefully they don't know it exists. Yeah, hopefully they yeah. don't know it exists. That's definitely true. <laughs> but one and a half years in the making, like that's an extensive study. And that's, that is one of those things that I do see a lot of people, I guess what we've seen happen, like simulation, people still complain like, oh, it's not the fastest thing in the world to run like a solid sim study. I would argue, okay, then do all the math by hand. And then they quickly realize, okay, this is actually very quick, but it's still one of those I guess bottlenecks is people say like, this is really, really slow. So one of the things I just kind of back into that cloud realm, but then some of the stuff that we solve as problems is that we can save a lot of headache because we've got access to some pretty beefy computers that can run these simulations. Like you don't have to run this on your local laptop, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can. I mean, there's uh, the, you know, even laptops are, are pretty, uh, hefty nowadays, but when you get into uh, stuff that's really computationally intensive, which we do a lot, then yeah, you just uh, you, you ship that to the cloud and run on 256 uh, CPUs and uh, get your answer in a couple hours, whereas otherwise you'd be waiting around for a week. That's really cool, though. Going from hours to week, like I, I'm, I'm passionate about automation in any way we can save time and being able to decrease wait times by that much is pretty insane. But you talked about going to the cloud there. And I guess that takes me into one of the last big things that I wanted to hit on for this discussion. And that is simulation has grown to be very accessible. Like it didn't used to be. 20 years ago, it was hard to get yourself a simulation package, like maybe GM and Ford and, and Chrysler and Chevy have them. But 
really like the average consumer couldn't get it versus a couple of years ago, I built a shelf that I wanted to mount to the wall and I ran a simulation study on it on just my laptop. It took me a couple of minutes, but I was able to do something like that. So the accessibility of simulation is growing and it's only going to keep growing with the integration of the three experience platforms. So, um, you know, one of the things that I like about this and I want to get your thoughts on is our tools aren't siloed anymore. So having everything on the 3D experience platform, you know, what is that doing for simulation uh, for from the consumer perspective, but as well as from the tailings perspective, how nice is it that everything's going to be integrated to the 3D experience platform? And with that being such a key focus of Dassault going forward? Well, I think it's going to be great for the consumer, uh, especially the SolidWorks uh, users, uh, to have access to all the Simulia products, whereas before uh, there was uh, a limited uh, scope of CAE uh, capabilities in SolidWorks. Now you're going to have access to basically everything and anything. You know, so you're going to be able to do nonlinear uh, crash-type simulations, you know, impacts of drop tests and uh, really high-end uh, fluid dynamics projects, um, all that kind of stuff. So for, from the consumer's perspective, it's, it's a game-changer, just like the cloud is a game-changer, and it's, and it's going to just blow everybody's mind, I think. Uh, I'm not sure how long it's going to take to, uh, for everyone to adapt to it, um, but it's coming, and it's, and it's not going away. Uh, from K-Lynx's uh, perspective, uh, it's really good because it gives uh, integration with the, uh, the CAD system and it gives us something that we can focus on. Uh, there was, you know, with so many standalone uh, products out there in the Simulia domain, you know, we have electromagnetics, we have fluids, you know, now on the platform, everything's going to be integrated together. Uh, we're going to be able to couple all these physics together. So that when we do an electronics cooling, we can do the um, we can do the electromagnetic simulation, figure out the heat dissipation from that, put in the forced convection from a fan, um, and then port all those temperatures over to a structural model. Uh, figure out the thermal fatigue and, and the thermal expansion and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, and it's. It, it just really improves the tool set to have everything on the same platform and connected. It, so it, I guess that's, that's kind of what I'm going to say about that. It, it opens the door to, to so many possibilities. Like you're, you're talking about what we can do and it's like, we take this product from you designed it in SOLIDWORKS to now you test it in, in a very sterile environment. And now you start adding in these other factors. Like we can test everything from start to finish I, I love that about simulation is that this is not going to be a, well, in theory, it's going to act like this. Like, no, we can be fairly confident. Like these, these, uh, these simulations, they're very accurate from, from everything I've seen. I just said, do we know, do you have like a, a factor of safety on that? Is that a really big thing there? Um, I, I guess the accuracy standpoint, I know a lot of people ask about that. I know that it's very accurate, but do you have like a number on that, Joe? Uh, no, I don't because it depends. You know, it definitely depends. Uh, one, if you have uh, someone, you know, who's been using CAE for a long time and has a lot of experience in different industries, you can be pretty sure that you're going to be you're going to be pretty close, and you're going to be getting the right solutions. Hmm. Um, but and and then if if a if a company has been developing their techniques, you know, over six months hmm. to a year or something like that, they got to a point where they've been able to develop confidence. Uh, in the simulation tools, 
those those companies they're just reducing their number of physical prototypes uh, like crazy, and the engineers are no longer saying, well, oh, how long is it going to take to build a prototype and so that we can test it again? They're saying, what does the FEA say? What does the FEA say? Can we get an answer by tomorrow? Mm. And yeah, lo and behold, you're not only going to get one answer, you're going to get a full design of experiments. You're going to understand multiple parameters. And um, and you, you're, you're really going to just advance your product development uh, skills and um, get things done quicker and, uh, and, and understand your product better, understand the behavior. I remember my, my dad used to tell me that one of his very first jobs was working at a fan company. And I, I, I swear, he might have been joking with this, but he said like one of his jobs was to make sure the fans were sound and like he, he jumped on them and that's how he tested them. And then if they broke, well, they weren't very good. And, and it's so cool to see the evolution of technology that we go from my dad used to jump on fans in his 20s for a job to <laughs> now we can use SolidWorks simulation or Simulia or Abacus or a whole bunch of different solutions that are out there to make it so that we can pretend like there's a man jumping on top of our stuff to see exactly how it's going to react. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's really cool to well, see the evolution. Engineers love to break stuff. I mean, that's what they want to do. That's, that's what they want to do. So simulation, you can just break a lot more stuff. You can break a lot more stuff without actually having yeah. to rebuild it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, Joe. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, I hope I hopefully can get you back on here at some point. We can actually go through more in depth on the simulation because we only just scratched the surface here. But I'm really excited to have you guys on board and to be able to work with you guys more because this is going to be fun. Okay, well, I really appreciate the time, and uh, I'm glad we did this today. Definitely, me too. All right. All right, thanks, Nick. All right. uh, See you later. Thank you, InPod listeners, for joining us. That was Joe Formacola, the former, uh, founder of Kalinx and our VP of CAE uh, services at CATI. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, uh, have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you guys next week. See you.